In today's show, we're looking ahead to Friday in the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. We're here to talk about Friday. 11 games are on. So let's crack in now. Take a look. First one, Pacers, Jazz, Justin Holiday. Um... Yeah, good numbers in terms of steals and blocks uh, last game and had some good steal numbers recently. But let's watch to see how his minutes look, especially if we do have a situation where McDermott and Turner both play. They're both currently questionable in this one. Um, Holiday, to me, is a droppable guy. He can have value as a streamer, but not much more than that. And then last game, Jeremy Lamb went bananas. Now, we haven't seen huge amounts of good stuff from Jeremy Lamb. Um, we've had a couple of big games and then a couple of real stinkers. It did really benefit him having McDermott out in that last game. So if Dougie is out, do we get another big Jeremy Lamb game? Is there any way that we can rely upon him? Probably not, but I want to see how that looks well for the Jazz. Jordan Clarkson looks like he'll return. So fitting in the Clarkson-Conley-Mitchell um, minutes, where does Clarko look? Because we remember before that ankle injury, his shot was way off. He just couldn't hit anything. And then with Clarko returning... The value for Joe Ingles, who did rest last game and is going to be back in this one, is probably going to be lower. But let's see how they look. Do they remain 12-team league guys? I think they do. Uh, Derek Favors is going to be out of this one here for the Utah Jazz as well. All right, let's go to the next game. The Thunder and the Pistons. Moses Brown, last couple, have been back on track for the C-parter. How is he going to look in this one? How are they going to distribute the minutes with Roby, with Tony Bradley? But it is good to see um, Brown get back into those high 20 minutes and produce at a higher level. And he's you're pushing back to be that 12-team league guy. He's sort of all over the place, as I think a lot of the Thunder players are going to be. Lou Dort will return in this game, but Pokyshevsky and Shea Gildas-Alexander remain sidelined. And let's watch Darius Baisley. Really good game, really bad game, and then a pretty good game again. So he's had two out of three been really solid. I think he's probably more must-roster for 14-team leagues. It is helping him that Pokyshevsky is out and how they run Baisley and Poku when uh, both guys are healthy still remains to be seen. But Baisley, you can be a streamer. Just don't expect consistency out of him. For the Pistons, well, they understand that this is a winnable game, so they're going to be resting a bunch of blokes. Jeremy Grant is out of this one. Um, And let's see how Killian Hayes looks. I think he's looked almost good in almost every game since returning. There's no Corey Joseph. There's no Dennis Smith. Surely this is the game that Killian Hayes starts. There's no Mason Plumlee either. There's no Wayne Allington. So big opportunities for both Hayes and Stewart, and we should have all three of the Pistons' first-round picks, Hayes, Stewart, and Bay, all starting in this game. So really want to watch how they all look. Big game for Stewart, big opportunity for Bay, and a huge opportunity for Killian Hayes. And hopefully if he does start, this won't be the last game that he starts and he can stick in that lineup. Next up, we look at the game, the Pelicans taking on the Washington Wizards. The Pals, looks like Lonzo Ball is going to return. So obviously that's a benefit for him. Um, benefit for the Pelicans. What does that mean for James Johnson, who's been getting pretty high minutes, but we know that he can have a bit of a role as a ball handler. And um, yeah, that, that that could be a reason to limit Johnson's minutes if Lonzo is back. It's also going to have an impact on Najee Marshall, who in his two starts has been really, really good. 
But again, Lonzo and Bledsoe will be the starters. Ingram and Zion at the three and the four. So where does Johnson, where does Marshall fit in there? Kyra Lewis still going to get his minutes. Hayes and Adams still getting their minutes. So I think we're going to see both Johnson and Marshall have a pretty significant drop-off in their uh, in their overall value. For the Wizards, we really want to watch Daniel Gafford. Now, Scott Brooks claims, oh, I really hate playing three centers. Mate, stop doing it. There's only one person in control of doing that, and that's you, Brooksy. Stop doing it. Gafford apparently is still under some sort of minutes restriction. He's clearly the best of those three centers, and he's getting the bulk of the minutes. Unfortunately, the bulk doesn't mean 20 because Scott Brooks, again, despite his protests, oh, no, I hate doing it. I hate playing them. Uh, he still plays the three centers, um, and that's limiting what Gafford can do, but he is still a 12-team league guy, so let's hope we can finally get an escalation in his production. Well, I want to watch Brad Beal, who hasn't been at his best over, say, the last month. Now, some of that has got to be to do with his hip problem, for sure, or his back issue, or whatever it is. But it's also to do with the way that Russell Westbrook is uh, you know, playing inside the offense as well. Next up, we look at the Clippers and the Sixers. Paul George um, is going to be back after resting in the last game, while Kawhi Leonard is listed as questionable. But I want to watch George because he has been absolutely on fire over the last few weeks, two to three weeks, dominating at the moment. And if there is another opportunity here where Kawhi is out, it's going to be really intriguing to see how he looks. And then Reggie Jackson, who had that game winner against the Pistons, is playing a pretty good role as the starting point guard with Pat Beverly out and does have some 12-team league value. Let's see how he looks in this scenario. The Sixers, Shake Milton is getting minutes, you know, not quite at the expense of Seth Curry. But he is cutting into Curry's upside. Um, he can be a streamer for scoring, but that's really about it. While Toby Harris is dealing with a sore knee, he is currently listed as questionable. If he is out, we're looking at Furkan Korkmaz to step into that role most likely. And Korkmaz has been shooting the lights out over the last uh, two, uh, one to two months. For the Magic, Gary Harris. No! Six assists in the last game. Good minutes. Will they continue to start him? Almost definitely. There's no Michael Carter-Williams in this one. So will we get a look at the Harris and Cole Anthony backcourt? Probably. Can Harris push his way back into 12-team discussions? I'm doubtful, but it is possible, especially on a stream basis. Mo Bamba is questionable. So we're probably, hopefully, going to get another big minute night from Wendell Carter Jr. Um, and that will mean that yeah, Bobby Franks maybe gets some of those backup minutes there for Orlando. For the Raptors... Well, they are resting everybody. Siakam, Ananobi, Lowry, Gary Trent, they're all out. Fred Van Vliet does return, but I want to watch Ken Birch. I think they'll have to start Birch and Boucher together again. So that's yeah, potentially 30 minutes for both of those guys, inflating the value of both players. And then Malachi Flynn's probably going to get another start, especially yeah, with Trent out as well. Um, you'll get Van Vliet and Flynn starting together. So another big opportunity for 30 plus minutes for Malachi Flynn. And let's hope that they can put up some good numbers, both Birch and Flynn and Bembry and Boucher and whoever comes in for the Raptors and plays these big minutes. It's a pretty wonky lineup. The Hornets and the Nets. Cody Zeller. Um, yeah, solid, solid enough stuff, but I'd like to see a little bit more out of Cody. It's the, fr the, ro the rotations remain frustrating as we have Biombo that comes in and starts over Zeller, even though Zeller gets more minutes in games that Biombo doesn't play, which again, just makes zero sense, but that's how the rotations have been running in Charlotte. PJ Washington Jr. went from probable to missing probably three games in a row, of course, because the Hornets, nothing nothing means anything at all with the Hornets injury reports this season, pretty much. So let's how, watch how Zeller goes. And then with um, Devontae Graham out, we, do we get Caleb Martin starting again? Do they start Brad Wanamaker, who's also questionable? Look, who's going to be the point guard? Terry Rozier, who's barely played any point guard at all this season. 
Um, do we get near Nate Darling? Well, shit, Nate Darling's out. Do we get Grant Riller? I don't think he's even played a second this year. Oh, he's played a couple of minutes. Um, but Caleb Martin's got an opportunity here for a, a pretty decent role. So let's look how that looks. Well, for the Nets, of course, the sad news of LaMarcus Aldridge. He will be retiring or he has retired. So Nick Claxton and DeAndre Jordan, who's going to get the start? I hope it's Claxton. I fear it's Jordan. Most importantly, who is going to get the most minutes there? The Nets rested Blake Griffin and Kevin Durant last game. They'll both be back while James Harden won't return. But I really want to see how that Claxton-Jordan mix looks. For the Nuggets and the Rockets, Monty Morris started. His minutes will continue to go up, I believe, over the coming games. And he is a solid enough 12-team league streamer. While Farton Will Barton really struggled in that first game without Jamal Murray, I think he'll be fine. I think he is a must-roster player. But let's hope he can get it back on track. While for the Rockets... Kelly Leonard continues to play at a super high level. So I just want to watch him because that level that he's playing at makes him must roster in basically every league. I don't know whether it continues when Daniel House and Eric Gordon and uh, David Nwaba eventually return. But for now, Olenek is just putting up great numbers. I also want to watch John Wall, whose usage is absolutely through the roof. Um, sometimes the efficiency can be or can leave a little bit to be desired. But I'd like to see you know, how Wall is out there, what his minutes look like, um, the shot attempts, the usage. Is he giving the ball to other players? Because it has been a lot of I am John Wall and doing everything for the Rockets at the moment. That's leading to some okay numbers, but leading to some poor efficiency at times. The Grizzlies and the Bulls. Kyle Anderson had a bit of a stinker in his last game, but he'd been really solid prior to that. So I expect him to come back in and put up a good game. No Melton, no Winslow again. And Grayson Allen remains a 12-team league option who's available in a lot of different spots. He will get another start. He had 20 points in the last game. And while I'm not expecting that, it's against the Bulls. Literally anything can happen. While for Chicago, Zach Levine will be out. So who fills that gap? Is it Kobe White they put in there to start next to Sadoransky? Do they take Garrett Temple? Is it Denzel Valentine? Is it Troy Brown? Do they go big with Lowry Markkinen? I think it's just, regardless of who they put in, into into that lineup with Levine, it's going to be more minutes for Markkinen, more shots for Markkinen, more minutes for White, more shots for White, more minutes for Valentine, more minutes for Brown, more minutes for Temple. All those guys are going to get a boost in their playing time, making it hard to see them as must-roster 12-team league guys. But if I'm taking a flyer on anyone, it's probably Markkinen and White, just because they do have that scoring upside that the Bulls are going to need. The Heat and the Wolves. Tyler Hero really struggled in the last game. No Victor Oladipo and Goran Dragic should return, but Hero had been playing pretty well prior to that, so I do think that he is um, someone to to take a look at here. Well, Trevor Ariza, a really solid 14-team league guy with 12-team streaming ability. I don't think he's losing that starting power forward job all season. For the Wolves, Jaden McDaniels, last two games, him and nearly all their players have had their minutes really, really reduced due to blowouts. I understand dropping McDaniels. I'd really like to monitor how he looks here. And if it's another subpar game, then move on. And I think you can probably move on in a lot of 12-team scenarios, but I'd, I'd like to cast an eye over him. And same with Rubio, who's played under 20 minutes in the last two games, again, largely due to the blowout. But are they going to play him and Russell together? Is Russell 28 and Rubio 20? Is that how the minutes are going to go? Or do we get 26 and 28 with a bit of uh, shared court time between the two? Blazers and Spurs, Carmelo Anthony had some really good scoring numbers in the last game, but prior to that had been pretty poor. I wouldn't look at him as anything more than a deeper league point streamer, but let's see how they use him and if those that scoring burst from last game garners him any extra playing time. Well, CJ McCollum has had some struggles efficiency-wise for sure. Um, last game wasn't particularly great from CJ, but let's see, hope he can get back on track. Well, for the Spurs, Jakob Pertl, again, just continues to roll as a top 100 sort of player. I'm not worried about Gorgie Jeng eventually taking his minutes or anything like that. Pertl's going to get his minutes. He's going to do his thing. He'll have some poor nights, and I don't think last game from him was all that great, but he can be better than that. Well, Paddy Mills was great in the last game, but he just remains more of that 14 to 16 team league player who's got the ability to light up and hit some threes and score some points, but doesn't do it consistently enough.
Knicks and Mavs. Alec Burks, much like you know, a lot of the guards were Alfred Payton, Alec Burks, Derek Rose, Reggie Bullock, Emmanuel Quickly. We don't know what's coming game to game. It's all over the shop. Um, he can be useful, obviously, if he gets the minutes. We know big games can come from Berksy, but it just doesn't happen enough. Let's keep an eye on how that rotation looks. And then Rowan Barrett has had two absolute stinkers in a row after a string of some pretty good games. Yeah, you worry that that consistency is always what's going to hold him back from the top 100. His scoring has been valuable. I do imagine his shooting gets back on track, but he has had a history of some prolonged cold streaks, and hopefully this isn't the beginning of one. For the Mavs, the burner, Jalen Bronson, really putting up good numbers off the bench or starting. It doesn't really matter. He is more streamer in 12-teamers than must roster, and they look to be fully healthy here, Dallas, so I think he'll be off the bench again. While Dwight Powell has taken over, it appears, from Willie Cauley-Stein as the backup center, that doesn't really impact fantasy leagues all that much, but it is important to note if you are in those very, very deep formats. For stream options, Josh Jackson, I think, is worth a look. Nick Claxton, Patrick Williams, Yuta Watanabe in Toronto with all those rests, and Royce O'Neal in Utah. And for points leagues, we're looking at Malachi Flynn, Josh Jackson, Jalen McDaniels, Isaiah Stewart, and the depressed penis, Sadiq Bay. Guys, don't forget to follow along Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on Odyssey. And guys, while you're here, Bilpa, it is the best tasting protein bar in the world. Tastes just like a candy bar, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. This amazing tasting protein bar has 100% chocolate on all bars. You want to get yourself into those flavors, cookies and cream, coconut, coconut almond, mint brownie, great flavors with Built Bar. You don't want those protein bars that taste like garbage. And when you go to order your Built Bar, because you you're going to want to order them, Use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Guys, Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. Get it into you. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya. See ya.